The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. leaders, Mike and Lori, as they reveal insider secrets, chat with other LinkedIn gurus, and answer your LinkedIn questions. For those about to get LinkedIn, we salute you. This is your chance to get inspired and use LinkedIn to help you rock the world too. Now, it's time to crank it up to 11 for your hosts, Mike and Lori. Rah, 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 rock the world with LinkedIn, Lori. I love doing our show, don't you? I do. I love it. Every single week we get to do it. And we've been doing it now for almost a year and a half. Yeah, I remember our anniversary. That was a really big deal. Now we're going to be coming up, woo, out of two years doing the show. And it all started because we went to a conference. Remember? Right. You know, people don't recognize the opportunity in face-to-face, real live conferences going to the show. If we had not gone to the AFCON conference, we wouldn't have the show most likely. Well, we wouldn't have met Brasco and had the chance to play, and and we were on we were on Joel Comp's show at the on the show floor right there in AFCON. Live on the show. Yeah. There's a lot of folks who uh, who have radio shows who've never met their producers because of the virtual nature of all these shows. Mm-hmm. Not us, Lori. We've not only met our producer, we've had um, fun with our producer. We've had beer. <laughs> We were, remember, was it, we were, one night we were at the church and where was that, that first night was the circus and they had, um, they had the girls out in all white costumes uh, with like, they were riding animals and stuff. So somebody, they had these huge guys that were dressed in white that were like a unicorn or You're painting the picture of Brasco here that does not quite fit him. Well, it was, it was an amazing, amazing event. And uh, that just shows the power of conferences. So, hey, Lori, we're going to tell our folks a little bit about LinkedIn. We had a great LinkedIn uh, tip that came up because we're starting to see some trends that we need to reverse. And that is people having URLs to their profile that are defaulted. They have this like random hex code, icky number, random generator stuff. Yeah, it's kind of nasty. Well, here's the thing. You know, I've had a couple people reach out and said, you know, Lori, how do you get LinkedIn.com forward slash in forward slash Lori Ruff? I, I want mine to, what, what's mine? And I said, well, yours can be whatever you want it to be. And here's how you go create it. So you are in edit mode of your profile. And at the bottom of the header area that describes your current and past work experience, your Twitter handles, your websites and all that is your public profile URL. And there's a little edit button right next to it. There's a little edit too. button right How next to it. So, hey, click that edit button. You'll be able to create something as long as somebody else doesn't have it. 
I got Lori Ruff early. Thank you. I'm really glad about that. I you got Michael O'Neill early. Yes. That was pretty early. <laughs> you were you were really early. And so you can create that. So what happens, Mike, when somebody goes to www.linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash whatever your handle is, in my case, Lori Ruff, they will see your public profile, what you share mm. to the public. So this is people that are not logged in to LinkedIn. What can they see? And I let them see everything that, that's yeah. available. So if I'm already logged into LinkedIn and I go to that URL, I go to the full the full blow. Well, it still no, it still takes you to still, the huh? to the mm. public profile URL. So you're logged in, but you're looking at the public profile, not the internal profile. So there's a yellow button at the top and at the bottom that says view full view full profile. I can't even say it. Wow. View full profile. Right. And so when you click that button, you've got to log into LinkedIn, then you can see the rest. But that's why sometimes people say, well, I looked at their profile and there wasn't anything there. And yeah, because they didn't show it to the public. Yeah, because you're on this side of the firewall still not on that side. Of the exactly. Firewall. So hopefully that clarifies things for you. Go out if you haven't done it yet. You know, customize your public profile URL. Make sure that people can see everything they need to see without being logged into LinkedIn to see what makes you special. And then, hey, send me a link and I'll check out your profile too. You know, that sounded pretty brilliant coming out of that mind. Almost brainy. <laughs> Don't be knocking on my head. Wow. Cut it out. Wow. You're funny. Let's come back. Hey, talk. Who's, who's on the You didn't even say who's on the show today. We've got Tristan Lewis on the show, the founder and CEO of Keep Score. This it's is going to be, be fun. a really great show today. It is. So, hey, Brasco, take us away. Let's go thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back with Tristan Lewis. Time to thank the sponsors that help keep us stay linked in to you. More from Rock the World with LinkedIn when we return. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your... MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line -line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. As you know, being an expert at f What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. 
Search, Social, Display, One Platform. WebmasterRadio.fm Keep your headphones handy and the feed loaded. We never stop. Do you? Mike and Lori are back as they rock the world with LinkedIn only on WebmasterRadio.fm. So what's new in the last couple days? It's particularly trendy. Facebook, 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 Facebook. So a couple of days I've been talking about the Facebook IPO. This uh, monster IPO that uh, they've just announced that is probably going to be one of the largest IPO in history, just in the tech industry. Uh, Facebook has, of course, uh, grown to become a fairly large business with uh, 800 million customers paying uh, upwards of $3 billion a year for things like advertising, Facebook credits, virtual games. Uh, and that has allowed Facebook to actually make a billion dollar in profit on a yearly basis. These are huge, huge numbers. I mean, how huge? Facebook is making more profit today than Google did when it went public. This is wow. how big we're talking about. Facebook also has more active customer on a monthly basis than Google had in total when it went public. So to give you an idea of how big this is going to be, this is going to be huge. Wow. Let's let's talk about that. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't disagree with any of that. Um <laughs> I a, a lot of my future of the world um kind of outlook is is more around Facebook. Uh for example, the Facebook tablet that I predict will be coming. Um the Facebook integrated word processor and spreadsheet and presentation to push to talk, those sorts of things. See, I, I disagree with you that Facebook will venture into the hardware business. Hardware business for starters is a relatively low margin business compared to the software business that they're in. So it wouldn't make much sense for them to actually go and create their own devices. However, um, they do have a fair amount of growth in the mobile space. And they haven't figured out how to make money in it. And, uh, the S1, the, uh, the IPO filing, showed that they've got 400 million customers in the mobile space, but haven't been able to make a single dollar of them yet. So that is yet TBD as to Facebook's presence in that space. Now, what is interesting about Facebook is that really, um, while it is a fairly big business, it is not an internet business. Facebook really is the new AOL. Everything that happens on Facebook happens within the Facebook environment and not uh, ha- and is not really happening on the rest of the internet. Yeah, I I, I totally agree on that. I I'm I'm seeing where there's sort of this trend towards vertical integration of as much as there can. Call it seven layers of the OSI model or whatever, and. You know, it just it just kind of it, it kind of seems like there there was this this ill-fated effort towards everyone going towards a hardware platform. I got to have a tablet too. 
I got to have something that, that that people can touch and feel. And and it certainly it, it it hasn't panned out for the others very well. So I respect your opinion on the Facebook tablet. I I, I thought I thought that they would want to own the whole user experience so that they could put their own ads exactly where they wanted them because they had the OS and the platform and everything under their control. It couldn't be it could be blocked out by Apple. They can do so without having to worry about which pla which uh, tablet they're running on. I mean, remember that uh, what's revolutionary about a tablet is really that once you get into a piece of software, there is really nothing between the user and the application. There is no uh, operating system layer that really is interacting with the user at that point. And that's really the big revolution of what's happened with uh, uh, smartphones and with tablets is that that layer has disappeared altogether. Now it's true that you know Apple or uh, Google or Microsoft as gatekeepers could decide to create restrictions at the OS level, but it wouldn't be particularly smart of them to do so because the market is actually spread across multiple players. And while uh, Apple currently has the strongest position in the tablet market, that position could be eroded if they started attacking some of trust. Yeah. Okay. I. I. It's interesting. I'm th thank you for sharing that with me. I. I'm. I'm learning from you. I. We. We see a lot of different opinions on the speaker circuit that we're on, and and frankly, a lot of the folks up on stage um, should be in the audience, not on stage sometimes, because they get they get they get hit like you and I in, in the audience asking them a question that they're not prepared to answer because it's not on the PowerPoint. Well, you know, that is really an issue more with uh, some of the speakers at on deck than uh, uh, with other matters. I mean, the great thing about the tech industry is that it's relatively easy to learn and to have access to the information that, uh, that the, uh, the top people have access to. Uh, I, as a weekly column writer, do not really have that much more access than anyone else on the internet. I sometimes drop an email to uh, some of the players in the market and ask them, uh, but generally, you know, uh, it's a question of just reading what a lot of people are writing, reading the core documents that are being published by the different companies and then synthesizing that into an actual story. Very cool. Hey, Tristan, so you you were, um, I, I saw you on your LinkedIn profile, you went to school in France and then came to UNC Chapel Hill, uh, which was my old stomping grounds. I was in Charlotte for 24 years, um, oh. not too far from there. But did you grow up in France? So <laughs> it's, a, it's a always a tough question for me to answer. Yes, I did grow up part of my life in France. Mm -hmm. I also grew up in Tahiti, in the uh, oh, wow. Pacific, uh, and I grew, to, grew up for a small portion of time in Spain, and then um, did uh, the end of my high school in the United States, and then went to college in the U.S., and after that, uh, pretty much stayed here, except for a couple of years in London. Wow. That must have been, what was it like to be a, a, a kid in Tahiti? Well, it's everything you would imagine. <laughs> okay, don't say anything else. So <laughs> I, we guess have, I can imagine. My imagination that. goes a lot of places. 
We had a house that was literally no more than maybe 200 feet from the beach. Wow. A black sand beach, blue ocean, uh, and, you know, being a kid there, we were just running around like crazy. The um, other thing to be aware of was that uh, we, uh, uh, the kids in um, in Tahitian um, philosophy are actually little gods. And so as such, uh, anyone was just, you know, looking out for us. So I could like run around at night, for example, right after doing my homework. I mean, I was six at the time in first grade. My mom and I would go down to the beach and we would help the fishermen pull up the nets and they would give us fresh fish directly from the fishing nets. It was just pure heaven. Wow. That is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I've, that's one of the places on my bucket list. I want to get to Tahiti someday um, just, on a, just on a pure vacation to spend a, a couple of weeks there. But, don't, um, don't so, actually, go to Tahiti, uh-huh. but, but leave Tahiti as quickly as possible and go to some of the smaller islands like Bora Bora or like Moria. They are 15, 20 minutes away, maybe 45 minutes away on the by uh, uh, using a quick puddle jumper. And uh-huh. it is heaven on earth. I mean, if you've seen Blue Lagoon, uh, if yes. you've seen any of those movies, it's exactly how it is. And still to this day. So wow. Tahiti itself is a little more commercialized. But if you are willing to take you know, an extra 15, 20 minutes to, uh, to jump into another island, you'll have a radically different experience. Well, I, 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 my theory is if I'm already there, I want to go see as much of the area and as much diversity in the area as possible. We say, can't we do both? Exactly. Can't we do both? <laughs> so where, where the, yeah, I imagine you've had some kind of, in all your travels, you've had some kind of a musical experience. Where has your favorite concert been? Where is my favorite concert been? That's um that's a very tough question. I think it would have been the Delicate Sound of Thunder tour from Pink Floyd. Uh, I it, I would say either the one in Raleigh, North Carolina, or the one in Paris. Uh, wow, in wow. terms of live attendance of a concert. Now, in terms of actually viewing a concert and the one that I wish I had uh, been able to attend. It would have been The Wall by Pink Floyd in Berlin. Actually, not The Wall by Pink Floyd. The Wall by uh, Roger Waters over the Berlin Wall in 1989. Yeah. You you couldn't be in a better place with us. <laughs> you just won Mike's, the rest of Mike's heart. <laughs> Been to all those shows. Um, I saw The Wall last year, and Lori and I are going to see The Wall um, this summer in Chicago outdoors at Wrigley Field. Outdoors, The Wall. Yeah. How's that for rare? Yep. That's that's gonna be brilliant. You, you you have to come join us if you possibly can get away. Um, it is June it's gonna in be Chicago brilliant. Or Field. <laughs> yep, we've got a lot of business partners meeting us there. It's gonna be a fabulous event for us and our friends as well as just for the concert experience. But the people that we're bringing together um, to go is gonna be phenomenal. And we're going to see the wall the week before in Minneapolis before yeah. we go down to Chicago. No exactly. Well, hey, you know, Tristan, let's back up a little bit. Tell me about Keep Score because when I when I came across Keep Score, I thought it was really interesting and unique. Um, so give us a little bit of perspective about what's going on there. Okay, so uh, 
it's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> you I, got five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I was working on Wall Street, and uh, like a lot of Wall Street people, was in a very stressful situation and uh, developed uh, very bad ulcers that basically forced me to reassess how I was organizing my life from a health standpoint in order to be able to survive. And at that point, I realized, you know, having done 10 years of work on Wall Street, after having done another 10 years doing startups, that startups was really where I wanted to be. And so those two events kind of collided into, well, I want to create a new company and I need to radically change everything that I do about my life. In order to do so, I started looking at gamification, the concept of turning real world actions into games and started developing small games that allowed me to change my diet, that allowed me to change my exercise routine through a basic reward system. And I started talking to a friend, uh, my friend uh, Tafik, about creating a company around this. And as we dug in further and further, we came to the conclusion that, yeah, turning real-world tasks into games was interesting in, in and of itself, but not as interesting as creating games and creating tools that would allow people to create their own games. So we did a little research in there in terms of uh, trying to find someone that uh, could um, uh, provide us with the infrastructure to do so, and it turned out that no one was providing that. And so, uh, so we figured there's a gap there, let's fill it. And we've been spending uh, a good year now working on the back-end piece of building a game engine that would allow anyone that knows how to use a web browser to create simple games that they can play with their friends on mobile devices as well as on social networks. That has two components, though. The game creation in itself, which we needed to make simple enough that anyone could understand how to do so, and then the game playing, which needs to remain interesting when people are creating those games. And so we actually have a lot of algorithms there, uh, taking from some of the background actually around uh, financial trading, that allow us to uh, handle uh, turning user-generated games into interesting games for their friends or anybody else that wants to join. Maybe you'll be able to create a game around your show, for example. Right. Wow. That's really mm -hmm. Well, I Lori Lori is, is is the one who whenever whenever she's got a moment any moment. And any moment I go, What are you doing? And she's always got something gaming going on. I'm 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 going like Lori, what are you doing? I am socializing with other social media people, is what she'll say. <laughs> I'm I'm exhibiting social media behavior, and then I'll and then I'll pry a little deeper. I go, you're on Angry Birds Team Edition, aren't you, or something like that. <laughs> Whatever I can find, I you know it's it, it's that competitive thing. I mean, I think everybody has a little bit of a sense that they want to accomplish something, and for me, when I accomplish. You know, when I accomplish things, it makes me feel very good, and so that's where if if I'm going to have some kind of a addiction, that's my addiction is wanting to feel like I've got something done. And yeah. games allow me to do that. Well, and and there are, I mean, there's the competitive gaming elements in all of the programs that we're seeing in now, where you got, I got a badge, I just <laughs> found a guitar. We're we're at dinner. I'm going. She goes. I just found a guitar that somebody left here. We're at dinner. 
And he's what like, he's it? wondering where it is. So I show him the picture of it on, you know, I, I show, on, showed him the picture of it on Koala. And uh, <laughs> now, yeah, now Facebook bought out Koala. So, gosh, talk about the way Facebook is changing the world. But so that this is this has been a lot of fun. So let's um let's take a break for just a moment, and we'll be right back. Time to thank the sponsors that help keep us stay linked in to you. More from Rock the World with LinkedIn when we return. From the creators of We Build Pages, experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in-house ninjas. Mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building. The Internet Marketing Ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. Visit imninjas.com. The ninjas are coming. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I signed us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm Because not everyone's last name is... Gates. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Mike and Lori are back as they rock the world with LinkedIn only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Well, we're back, Lori. <laughs> our our show goes in different directions every week, and this week is is this is your week, baby, because you get to be the gamification gal. I I, I love that, Tristan. It's people like you that inspire me and keep me going, um, and giving me the the tools to keep life interesting and engaging. And um, yeah, I've got a lot of friends that are competitive, and we're always. I try not to compete with them too much because I don't want them to outdo me. <laughs> but you know, I, I know who they are because they, they show their they show their true self and their true colors a little bit. So so Tristan, how can I tell if I'm talking to somebody 
if they're a, a gamey kind of person, is there something in their personality that'll tip me off to, to you know, to, 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 to explore more about that or something that says, you know, Mike, don't go, this guy's not into, not into gaming or, or, or anything like that. Is, is there something in a personality that trips you one way or another, points you? So Mike, you're, you're making a huge assumption here, which is that there are such things as people that are not gaming people. I mean, the world is big enough, everybody loves to play games. It's just that it depends on what type of games people like to play. Okay. There's, a, there's actually some classifications uh, called the Barnes Classifications of Gamers, which were done um, a good five, ten years ago, where our research scientists identified how people um, dealt with different games. And so you have the people like Laurie here, who are all about getting points, winning, <laughs> you know, getting some heavy achievements. Those people are called achievers. You have people that like the more communal aspects of gaming. They like to be able to help friends move through a particular level or help their friends, say, you know, build a farm, etc. And those types of people are the more social type of gamers. And then you've got uh, people that uh, like to explore the environment, the gaming environment in which they are. So they like to discover new area and show it to other people. They like to achieve every single possible point within a game instead of just the points needed to the next level. And then finally, you have a strange category, which is actually about 10% of the population and one of the more difficult categories to uh, deal with when you're building a game, which are what are called the killers. And the killers are achievers, but they're not just achievers. For them, it is not enough that they win, but they have to make sure that the others lose. <laughs> and they're Oh, we know people like that. Yep. Not yep. very many, thankfully, but we know people like that. And they are the most difficult type of player to cater to. Yeah. Those are the those are the people that like to play Halo and and the shoot 'em up. There's Kill a line from a movie, and it escapes I, me right and I've, now what I've movie done that. that is. I've done that occasionally. I, I've gone in and, and thought, you know, I want to play this I want to play this Xbox game or this, uh, uh, way back when, the Nintendo games or something that allowed me to go in and just kill everything in sight. You gotta, that's what you got to do, do. Go get them all. There weren't, even, there weren't even hostages or anything that you had to keep safe. You just got in there and got it done, or you were killed yourself. Tristan, do you know what it's like to be around this woman when she's in competitive <laughs> mode? Oh, I can I can only assume. You know, remember that I've worked on Wall Street for a long time. Wall Street is populated with killers. It's a real shark tank there. But the interesting thing that we've discovered uh, while going through the process of building up Kipscore and testing out some of the early versions of the game is that people do not really fall into one of those categories or the other that people move from one of those categories to the other in different ways. And so on our end, we're actually measuring the actions of each of the players who's in our environment on all those dimensions. And rating you know, them, and based on that, changing the game to make it more challenging for them. That That's really interesting, because we've talked to several um, people that have have startups, um, Dino Dogan with Triber, for example, uh, where where the the software that they have um, is about being social and helping each other achieve. And I, I love those platforms because I'm helping other people get what they need to be successful in business, and they're helping me get what I need to be successful in business by sharing content, reading each other's posts, 
you know, retweeting each other's and things like that. So I can see more and more that in pretty much every tool I'm using, there's some form of gamification that that allows me to feel like I've accomplished something. I've worked together with somebody. I've been the ultimate, you know, I got the ultimate win. And for the most part, for me, those are just in video games. But, you know, and, and then that even that sense of discovery, I'm thinking of like Morrowind. Um, on the on one of my video games, it, it's those fantasy environments where you just go f explore the world. Yeah, and so when you think about it, right, in those environments you're exploring a virtual world, and so it is really exciting to discover those new areas. Now imagine if you had a similar type of virtual world overlaid on top of the real world. And that is uh, one of the basic assumptions that we made when we started creating KIPScore, which is how do we create that layer, how do we create that extra environment that merges the real world with a virtual world. And it's still something that we're trying to crack. It is going to take us some time, but we think that we're very well on the way to creating that environment. That is that is really cool. Well, we're we are just about out of time today, and I, I hate that because this has been an incredible conversation. But if people want to find out more about KeepScore or your game platform, they can follow you on Twitter. I know it TNLNYC. Or so they can or they can follow at KeepScore. That's at K E E P S K O R. Uh, also on Twitter, or go directly to KeepScore.com and uh, sign up for our mailing list so that when we decide to let in a few more players, they can be among the lucky few, hopefully. That would be fabulous. Beautiful. That would be fabulous. Uh, there's well, a reason to listen to the show. Exactly. You know, Tristan, the, the stories, especially about Pink Floyd and, and Raleigh and Paris, I've never heard those two cities compared before, but I know what you're talking about with that tour because I, I didn't go and I had a lot of friends that did and I, I wish I had. But um, it's been a it's been a real pleasure talking with you today. Thanks so much for being on Rock the World with LinkedIn. Thanks for rocking our world. So, listeners, you can find us at seven o'clock Eastern on WebmasterRadio.fm or follow our archives. Subscribe on iTunes at RockTheWorldRadio.com and have it automatically downloaded for you every week. We'll look forward to catching with you and rocking the world again soon. Rock on.